listening to Down by the Bank, a Jacksonville Jaguars podcast with Corey, Derek, and JK3. All right, welcome to Down by the Bank, part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. This is Corey. Hey guys, what's up? It's Derek. Hey, what's up guys? It's JK3. Hey guys, we are joined today by a second time guest. He came on uh, last year um, and is coming back this year to talk a little bit about OTAs and what's going on with the Jags. And that is Jamal St. Cyr with News for Jacks. He covers the Jaguars. Hey, Jamal, how are you? Hey, doing pretty good. Glad to be back. Had fun last time and uh, it's definitely an exciting time around the Jaguars. So a lot to talk about. Yeah, no, for sure. And and you're actually our first, um, you know, kind of media person that we've had on for this off season. So uh, we certainly appreciate you doing this. And and that's kind of the first question that I had was, you know, being that it's there's a lot of excitement, a lot of big changes. You know, new coach and um, new GM and you know Trevor Lawrence and uh, you know Tim Tebow. I know that's kind of like a thing that's you know whatever. But you know, there's a lot of changes and a lot of cool stuff going on. So. Um, you know, from the media engagement perspective, though, what are the biggest differences or changes that you guys have seen on your side, uh, you know, from your perspective upon Urban's arrival and all the shakeups that have happened? Um, as far as engagement goes, it's really tough to put a thumb on it because, I mean, well, last year with COVID and everything going on, it was, you know, all Zoom interviews and things like that. So, I mean, even now the player interviews are all still Zoom. We were able to do some in-person interviews with Urban and Trevor when they first got here and for around the NFL draft. Um, but it's just really tough to really get a great feel for just how open and accepting they'll be as far as media engagement goes, just because of the regulations that they're under right now. You know, the, the, the crazy part about that part, Jamal, is when, when they announced that Urban was going to be the coach, I'm like, he is the ultimate control freak. So I was <laughs> expecting it to be like lockdown, like, you know, <laughs> like solitary confinement, 23-hour lockdown. You sound like you speak from experience. <laughs> no, I don't speak from no <laughs> experience. But no, just he's such a control freak, you know, and it's just – it's like, wow, you know, okay, yeah, we got Urban Meyer and, you know, things are going to change. And so I'm just waiting for that day when things really change and people are like, it's so different. Well, we want to win. We need something different. So I, I don't know. That's just what hey, I'm waiting for. I, you know, we're close enough to Gainesville that they have a couple of guys that are covering the Jaguars now that used to cover Urban when he was coaching at Florida. And that's what they said. They were like, he wasn't that great with the media when he was in Gainesville. <laughs> um, but then a couple of guys kind of came back that had covered him in at Ohio state and said that he had kind of adapted and gotten better. I mean, every interaction I've had with urban was, has never been, you know, he's always been great with us. And, and as far as interviews go and answering questions, um, I mean, as, as open and accepting as he can be now, as far as what he's going to be like when you start asking for certain players and uh, stuff once the season starts rolling on, I have no idea. But, you know, um, I guess that that's just going to be kind of part of what we'll have to figure out. Hey, Jamal, before we get into the, you know, the, the nitty gritty of the OTAs and things like that, you know, with the last like year, um, you know, we did have, you know, COVID, uh, you still had a job to do. How has it been, you know, for you to build a relationship with players you know, through Skype versus being, you know, in the locker room versus being up close, you know, how has your job kind of transitioned and kind of adapted through all of this? Man, it's it made it a lot tougher to be, really be able to build those relationships. And I know they, the, the locker room will probably be closed again this year um, for sure. And it's just, it's tough to really get a chance to build those relationships with those guys 
because uh, we only get so much time on Zoom and there's so many people trying to get questions in as opposed to when the locker rooms were open, we could kind of go in there, have some conversations off camera and just kind of get to know people as, you know, as a, as a person. Um, some of the guys have been real great. Like Josh Allen's one of those that's really made sure that there's always been time to get to know kind of the media and the guys that are covering the team. Um, and you know, Minshew was good last year with everything that was going on about always talking and answering every question that there was. Um, but it just makes it a little bit more difficult to try and really get to know people. I mean, cause everything's virtual and they're trying to get to a meeting and it, so it's just a little bit more difficult. And they know that there's no off-camera conversation when you're doing it over that virtual. Yeah, no, I bet, man. Well, let's talk about the like the energy of the team. Let's, and let's start, I mean, everybody talks about, you know, talking about Trevor Lawrence and, and things. And we'll talk about the QBs. But the, the energy on the defensive side of the ball, um, obviously there's no games, okay? We know they're just going through the motion. They're doing a lot of things, getting the technique right, staying in shape. But what kind of energy do they have out there, especially on defense? Man, look, OTAs are, are, are a different ball game, but that, that is the one thing that I've said at every OTA I've gone to is that the energy around this team is so different than it's been in years past that I've noticed these guys are out there excited before every practice, jumping, dancing, um, and really it's a lot of those new faces that you've seen Urban bring in, Jihad Ward, Roy Robertson, Harris, those guys are out there really getting that defense excited before practice there. I mean, there was one OT, I think it was last week, um, where the defensive line was doing a drill where the coach was holding the pads and they were they, they knocked down the coach a couple of times and guys were, you know, cheering for knocking over the coach. And that's what they, how they wanted to, to do it. And the coach just kept getting up, taking it. I was like, okay, this is a little <laughs> bit different. Uh, I was like, if I was a coach, I'd have passed that pad to somebody else. But, you know, hey, uh, they're definitely excited. That is, there's a different energy around this team right now. Guys are, look like they're excited to be there and excited to put in work. So, I mean, with the – with, you know, Urban coming in and with a new coach coming in, uh, they always kind of have their own different, like, you know, moniker. I think uh, Urban's is, you know, own it and, you know, plus going two. an extra two yards and a plus two. Plus you know, two. All, yeah. So, so how has the team kind of taken on that vibe and, you know, from, from a player perspective and from the things that you've seen out there, you know, what does it look like? I mean, are they all flying to the ball? Is it, you know, I mean, it's only shorts and helmets, you know, you can only do so much, but, you know, since you've been covering the team for a while, like how does everyone look versus being in, you know, in, in different OTAs from now? Uh, I mean, the guys look in shape, they look energized and they've bought in. Um, I think the own it thing definitely resonates. The plus two thing just is strange to me. I mean, they were going through drills the other day. And the coach, as a, each guy crossed the line, the coach was like, do it plus two, plus two. I was like, okay, <laughs> I don't know how, how we're doing this. But <laughs> um, but yeah, there's definitely the own it and the plus two. And the guys look like they're buying into the plus two and the own it. And um, who knows how that's really resonating with them, you know, personally for each guy. But right now they're buying what Urban's selling. And they love a lot of the things that Urban's been able to do. I mean, he's done a lot of things, not even off the football field, just making sure that he always he keeps saying he wants to make sure that the Jaguars have the best of equipment. He wants to make sure that the players have the best. So now they have like extra massage artists. They said they didn't have like the cupping um, that a lot of players in the NFL had access to previously. Now they have that at the facility. So apparently he's added a lot of little things behind the scenes for these players to make sure that, okay, guys, you know, these, 
workouts right now are voluntary, but if you come here, you have access to everything you could possibly want. You're not going somewhere else to say, well, they have better equipment than the team does. Yeah. And I think that plays a lot of, um, you know, a really big, cause you see in Instagram, if you follow or, or if you see, if you follow players now, there's more access via Instagram and all the other places. So you see them going to these different places and getting these different treatments, these different therapies, and people are really trying to take the LeBron James, Russell Wilson approach to their health and investing in their bodies. So it's good that they're putting that here in Jacksonville, one, to keep the athlete here, but then two, also to help build that camaraderie and realize that you don't really have to go you know, far away to get the same therapy and the same treatments. You can have it here while still building that, um, that camaraderie with your team or, or with your teammates. Um, I did have a quick question, though. You know, with OTAs, as far as the things that we see and we're following and looking on the outside in watching, you know, social media and things like that, it's a lot easier for the offense to look more productive than the defense. You know, you see LaVishka out there moving. You see Trevor connecting with DJ, um, you know, even Marvin Jones. How does the secondary look competing against Trevor Lawrence? And, you know, how has he looked, you know, you know, with you know, coming into an NFL, you know, defense, making that transition from Clemson, you know, how's he looked there? Number one, number two, um, you know, kind of contrary to that, how have the receivers adapted to him? Because some of the receivers now are on their second, third quarterback, you know, how's DJ adapted to, you know, T-Law, you know, how's everything going, you know, as far as the skill positions go? So uh, let me answer your second question first. Trevor has not worked with a lot of the starters consistently. Okay. Um, they've let Gardner Minshew work with a lot of those guys still. And I, I attribute that just to, you know, he's the rookie They're They're going to make him kind of work for it a little bit. Um, he's gotten some reps with those guys. The reps I've seen out there with him with DJ Chark and Marvin Jones and those guys have looked good. Um, but the majority of those reps have been Minshew with those guys that you'd say are the ones right now. Um, with Trevor Lawrence getting the twos reps and then CJ uh, Beathard going in for the threes. Um, as far as the Trevor Lawrence overall, I mean, I've liked what I've seen from him at times. And then uh, the only practice that I can say that we saw that I didn't like what I saw from him was lat or was, I guess that was Tuesday. Um, mm-hmm. So earlier this week, um, because he, that was the, in Irving says it was because of an injury, but he didn't throw much. And he threw three passes during seven on seven and team drills. And of those three passes, two of them were interceptions. So, uh, yeah, not not exactly the best day of practice. Now, after Urban said he had tweaked the hamstring um, and that's why he wasn't throwing. Oh, that, so the, the hamstrings connected to the right arm, you know. Right. <laughs> you know, so it, it's like, OK, I'm not sure how that really goes together, but, you know. Whatever. Uh, so, I mean, that that also goes towards saying, look, this is where the defense is and it's, and it's taking steps forward. Um, I think Shaq is going to be a great leader for that defense and he's going to be a good player for them. Uh, C.J. Henderson looks like he's ready to pick up where he was last um, last season before the injury, which will be good. Um, we haven't seen a whole lot from Tyson Campbell, who we know is going to need to play a big role for this team just because he tweaked his hamstring during rookie minicamp. So they've just been kind of walking him along. Uh, what Andre Cisco is another guy who might play a big role for the secondary who hasn't really hit the field yet. Cause he's still rehabbing from tearing his ACL last season. Mm-hmm. Um, Sidney Jones was one of the guys that picked off Trevor Lawrence earlier this week. So pretty good off season from him so far. Right. Uh, so the secondary seems to be adapting pretty well. Um, you know, I, I like Rayshon Jenkins. They moved him around a lot during, um, during the practices and he flies around the football. 
So he looks like he'll be a pretty good addition. I, I think we'll, this next week during mandatory minicamp, we should get a little bit better of a feel of just how good or what steps they've really taken. But so far, I mean, I've, I've liked what I've seen. And how do they how do they dial up the intensity from OTAs to like mandatory minicamp? Like, you know, do you, do you think they have any type of uh, of of you know plan in place to you know kind of crank it up and kind of turn up the dial to try to get more intense before they get into you know training camp? Um, I'd, I'd say they're probably gonna start working. They'll do a little bit more team things and a lot of work that way, and really get the guys out there and try and get them to go full speed a little bit more as opposed to where OTAs are a lot of individuals and they're working on little things like ball placement and hand placement, and they spend a lot of time with the pads. I think you're, we'll see a lot more, uh, like the receivers will probably go do and do one-on-ones with the defensive back more. We'll see a lot more stuff like that. Um, so that way there's a little bit more competition between the guys. Yeah, no, competition. And although majority of, of folks out there might think they're might not be any competition at the quarterback position, obviously, because we picked a QB one. But you got Minshew on the team who doesn't deserve to be ignored, who's not talked about. Uh, and no, since we're talking about the, T, the, the the QB room, let's set the record straight. We're not talking about Tebow, okay? For those of you who still dream, oh, Herb's going to put him back there. I'm telling you, no, 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 okay, no. Um, but – how do you think that plays out, man? Like that—that's an interesting story that not not a lot of people are talking about because you know everyone just assumes that oh Munchie will get cut and somebody will pick him up, but allegedly there's been no kind of trade movement and and I say allegedly because I think Urban's the poker player and if they did have something on the table he maybe he's not leaking it but he, he maybe they don't so how do you think that plays out? Now I know the report today was that they want well like a fifth or sixth round mm-hmm. pick for Minshew. Um, I think ultimately Trevor's your starter from week one. Ultimately, that is uh, firmly what I believe. As far as Minshew goes right now, um, I think he's on the roster week one unless they find another backup. I haven't seen anything from C.J. Beathard that says if Trevor Lawrence has to go down and just miss two quarters, I could trust him to go out on a football field and be competitive. I, I haven't seen it. The, the two best quarterbacks on the field so far during OTAs have been Trevor Lawrence, Gardner, Mitchell, in that order. <laughs> and then there's a big gap, and there's C.J. Beather third, and then there's Jake Luton somewhere back there too. Um, so so I, I don't know. I, I don't think they're going to cut uh, Minshew. Um, Urban has said that he loves Minshew's competitiveness, which is one of the things that Urban's always said he wants competitive players, and that was Minshew's calling card is that he's competitive. Um, You can say what you want about how he handled like his thumb injury last year. But I mean, to some extent, that's a guy trying to be competitive. Who knows? This is his one shot trying to play through it. Um, I think he'll unless somebody blows their socks off, there's a quarterback injury during training camp and or they can find a veteran guy to come in and be their backup. Right now, I feel like Minshew is going to be on this roster. And and that's very that's very strange, you know, because. When you think of NFL, prototypical NFL, you've got your young QB and you've got your 10-year vet. Look at Kansas City. Chad Henney's been in the league like 16 years, okay, or something crazy like that. And, you know, obviously, uh, what's the call? It's the start. Mahomes is the starter. And that's what people want to see is because that's the way the NFL does it. Personally, if Minshew's the backup, that doesn't bother me one bit because it's something different and that's what Herbs want. That's what I want him to do. 
we've been trying the traditional way for years around here and you see the results. So, I mean, let's shake it up a little bit. That's my only, that's my only thing. That's why I like Minshew. I hope he, I hope he's on that makes the roster week one, like you just said. Well, they did try and bring in Alex Smith before he ultimately decided to retire. Um, he, that, that apparently he, when he did his interview, he said that that was one of the Jaguars were trying to bring him in and urban. had kind of said that he really wanted to see Alex come here. So that would have been your veteran guy. That could have been your backup quarterback. Um, but right now I, I think Minshew's the guy. Jamal, one quick question. What's the personality dynamic of those two on the field? I mean, has Lawrence kind of taken on that, you know, leadership role of the team as a whole, or is he still kind of deferring to Minshew a little bit on his experience? Like, what does that look like between the two of those guys when they're out there practicing? Uh, you know, right now, it, I don't think it's a question of anybody of this, that this is Trevor's team. Um, all the players have said that he's doing all the right things. All the coaches have said that he's doing all the right things. Um, when the reps come and they're doing, they're stretching, he's leading the way. Uh, the only time that Minshew really gets those number one reps are when they've been going with team. And uh, But I think it's Trevor's team. I don't think there's any question of that. Nobody on the team is questioning that. If somehow Minshew was a start, started a game this year, it's because Trevor couldn't go. I just I, I don't see a situation. Uh, just seeing what I've seen on that field, I mean, there there are coaches that are checking on Trevor after the majority or between exercises. And there's not coaches going checking on every other player on the roster. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, right. He, he's your guy. <laughs> What about his uh, temperament just, you know, after those interceptions, for example, uh, yesterday? You know, how does he handle that kind of adversity, at least from, you know, visual perspective? Uh, you know, he, he definitely is a guy who holds himself to a high level. Um, the only practice before the one this week where they said he had a bad practice was, I think, the first OTA where they did some red drone drills and he, he, Trevor and Urban both weren't too pleased with the way he had kind of played. But overall, I mean, from what we could see, it was fine. I mean, given they were about 80 yards the other direction. Um, Are they still doing that where they're like playing, where they're on like other yeah. opposite sides yeah. of the field? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know you can't say too much about it, but I like as, as a fan, sometimes, you know, when, when I do, take off the time for work and try to like, all right, on a Wednesday, let me try to get out here a little bit early. I want to beat the OT or beat the training camp practice. I just want to get out there and just try to see, they put them on like a third field all the way over. And in the latest renderings, there's only one field. So I'm happy <laughs> yeah, about the, that. The, the new place I, I think will be really nice once it's put together. And I mean, I, this is definitely, this is definitely an urban thing. Uh, this is that, that new facility is something that urban was rumored to have wanted before he took the job. And it just goes completely with his philosophy of giving players the best and being able to have a, a new training facility right there close to the stadium is right up urban's alley of giving players the best they can have. Yeah, no, he, he definitely, uh, my, my, in the last few episodes, I have said the, the, the courtship was going to be good. The uh, engagement and then marriage is going to feel great. And then, you know, let's knock on wood. But Herbs and the divorces, man, they, they haven't been too <laughs> – they haven't looked too good, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, 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 you mentioned it, and again, if Urban, if Urban leaves, and we get maybe three Super Bowl appearances – Two, two Super Bowls? You hey, take that every yeah, time. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> I know. Keep I know. Right. I'm taking it. 
They're gonna put they're gonna put a statue up. They're gonna put a statue up on the other side of the stadium, outside or you know, opposite of the big Jaguar. Yeah, and and I hope that he leaves us with a coach like he left Ohio State instead of Florida, because you see what happened at at Ohio State versus what happened at Florida. So uh yeah, because if we he has a statue and we have a Super Bowl ring, but the coach is terrible, we're gonna be right back down in the dumps, man. So Doesn't matter. Doesn't doesn't matter. We still still got the W. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Um, So uh, again, man, like it's OTAs, and I don't want to be you know super super over overreactive and super harping on it. But you know our media passes haven't been you know approved yet, so I have to ask you the questions and try to figure it out. But um, I mean, it's still shorts and helmets, but J Rob. You know, I was a huge J-Rob fan. Um, I loved how, you know, the coaches saw something in him and, you know, he ended up being like either fourth or fifth in the NFL, you know, as an undrafted free agent, set all these, you know, uh, records. Does he make that second year leap? Like, and it's tough to see from the running back position, you know, because they're not like, you know, he's not, he can only do so much from there. But, you know, how how's he look right now? And, you know, to kind of follow up with that, ETN, you know, Trevor's security blanket, you know, where does he kind of fit within the offense also? As far as when you say a second year leap, if you're talking numbers, I just don't think there's going to be the opportunity for him to to beat those numbers that he put up last year. Not with ETN here. And every time you say running game, for whatever reason, one of the first names out of Urban's mouth is Carlos Hyde. I don't see it. A lot of people, other people don't see it, but. I think he wants to get all three of these guys involved in that running game. Um, so I just I don't see him beating from a numbers perspective. Uh, physically, right, because of Carey, because of yeah, Carey, because right? I just don't think there's going to be the opportunity. I think he'll be fresher by the end of the season, but I just don't think from a uh, from a pure opportunity perspective he's going to ha- be able to beat those numbers. Now I know he said he wanted to work on his long speed and get faster um, this off season, and he does look quicker. He did get popped in. He did get hopped yeah. in a couple times. Right? That was the only that was the thing that we, you know, everybody he'd get out there 20 yards and but there was somebody right behind him on his tail. Um he does look quicker um given they're in shorts right now. Um so if that speed carries over once they put the pads on, we can see some longer runs from him, which would be good. I think he'll probably have more catches this year than he had last mm-hmm. season. Um just because in this offense, it looks like they're planning to, to use those guys mm-hmm. split out and really try and get the ball in their hands quick. Some of those kind of quick screen passes that we've seen. Um, gotcha. ETN looks good. Um, he's working out with uh, with a, with the wide receivers a lot, too. Uh, so he, he'll be all over the field. He'll be one of those guys you kind of got to look around and say, all right, where's number one? on the field. Cause I will see a lot of James Robinson and ETN on the field by, by the time the season gets started. Uh, so both of those guys will play a big role for this offense. I think we'll see James Robinson split outside some too, just because that's what they've looked like they want to do. Uh, I, they've done it a few times during team so far. So those guys are going to get a chance to catch some passes and move around the formations. Uh, I think ETN has caught the ball pretty well. Um, given there have been some times where there have been some drops, but he's a guy who's, constantly been working on that and as he seems to be picking up lining up in the slot and catching passes and running against dbs pretty well so we'll, we'll see how it all comes together uh it's an exciting definitely an exciting tandem i don't know how carlos hyde really fits into that trio but 
Urban Meyer loves to throw that name out there. He likes him some Carlos Hyde. I can tell you that. (laughs) We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So since, I mean, coming from, you know, him, Carlos Hyde, having that relationship with Urban, probably the player that has the biggest relationship with him, you know, Tebow, is he getting significant reps in practice, like from what you can report? Like, I mean, some of the time, I, I mean, I was scrolling through Twitter and I saw, you know, from one of the 1010 guys that Tebow had caught a pass, a long pass from from Trevor Lawrence. And I didn't know if that was a good thing or a bad thing based off the defense. So is he getting significant like play? Uh, you know, within, you know, the OTAs. Well, and, and that goes back to what I mentioned earlier about Trevor. Trevor hasn't been running with the ones much. So that pass to Tebow was with the third string guys or so. So, oh, so it, it's yeah. not like he was getting reps with, you know, Marvin Jones, DJ Chark and those guys. Now, given ones, twos, threes, it's all jumbled right now. Um, right. But the guys that we would call probably you'd look at and say, oh, that's the starters. He's not running with those guys right now. Um, so but man, he is, is it in her or – or Colin Johnson, you know, what, what, do, what do we have? Um, for the most part, it's O'Shaughnessy and Manhurts. Um, the, the only guys that I like, the reason, like my thing with Tim Tebow is he's in shape. I can give him that and he can catch the ball. He doesn't really extend out and like go get it the way you really want a receiver to. Um, but I think he has a shot at making the roster just because when you look at that tight end position, you say, all right, who's definitely going to make it? Well, you can say Manhurts is going to make it. And then you could probably say O'Shaughnessy is probably going to make it, but you're not necessarily in love with that. And Manhurts is just a run blocker. So it's like, okay, does he have a shot at making it? Who does he have to beat out? A fifth round pick, a sixth round pick from last year, an undrafted guy. Like, I mean, if he can't beat out those three guys, then he he's just can retire and call it a day. So does he have a shot at making it? Yeah. Is he getting some work in practice? Yeah. Is he a little bit better at tight end than I expected him to be? Yeah. Cause I thought it was a joke, <laughs> you know? Uh, so he, he's caught passes and in, in all the drills that we've seen, I don't think I've seen him drop a pass. I can tell, I can tell you that. Wait, wait, wait. Say it one more time. I want to see Derek's soul leave his body one more time. Say that one more time. You haven't I don't seen him drop a pass? Seen let's him see, drop a pass. Let's see. Hold on a minute. Hold Hold on a minute, guys. Hold on. When I look at when I look at Tebow at the tight end position, <laughs> I don't look at him as the pass catching tight end like that. It, it, he could get alligator hands on a couple throws. There have been players in the, in the league that have gotten alligator hands. Sure, what I'm worried about is when he's in the game and the defense recognizes that and they're coming. I said they put a 
and we try not to get too technical here, uh, Jamal, on the show, but we, we love talking shop sometimes. Let's say they drop that safety okay. down. They get eight men, and they're coming on that side. Let's say Lawrence shifts the, shifts the line, keeps him in. He's stemmed, which means he's off. Let's say they put him back on. Then he's one-on-one with a defensive end. That yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying. That's, that's what I'm saying. Like, okay. Yeah. Okay. It, it, it's, it's, they're going to eat. Okay. That defensive line's going to eat. Okay. I don't, I, I don't want to see him fail. I don't want to see him fail. It's not about bashing him, but come on. There's only a handful of people on this earth that would be able to block a, D, a, a NFL defensive end. And Unfortunately, as great as he was as a college QB and as an incredible athlete and just motivational guy, I don't see him being able to do that. Well, my other end of that is that, you know, more than likely, if he makes this roster, I don't see them trying to put him in that position. Um, You got to know your player's strengths and weaknesses. Uh, And like, I wouldn't want James O'Shaughnessy one-on-one with a defensive (laughs) end. You know know what I mean? So, uh, you know. You know, that, that's, that's right in that same vein. And that's what they brought Manhurts in for. And given, obviously, once you get to the line of scrimmage, you start shifting things around and guys' responsibilities aren't exactly what you hope they are, were all the time. But I think Manhurts is going to play a lot when and they're good. I mean, he's a blocker. Plain and simple, he's the best blocking tight end they got on the roster. And according to them, one of the best in the NFL. So if they need somebody to block or they're anticipating somebody to block, he's going to be out there. Uh, and they'll just kind of divvy up the passes from there. If Tebow made it, I could see him kind of working around as more of like a slot option. I don't think they'll put him in a position where he would have to be trying to block one-on-one with a defensive end. And if they do, you know what? It's not going. <laughs> yeah. They, they don't have a shot. It's not. And and that's the, that's my biggest thing. Is so when, when you – I don't want to see the guy fail, but I also want to make sure that we have – uh, the foundation for a winning team, and hey, he's a great locker room guy. So that that's a yeah. that's a big plus because you got to have the foundation in the locker room too. So you know, I'll I'll take that right now. That's what that's what we have to take. That's what we got to do. I think ultimately, it, it you don't have. I don't know. There there are some guys on the street that they could have brought in that could have had a bigger upside at tight end. Sure, because I know there was the one rugby guy or something that got brought into Tennessee. But you don't know how Tebow can work out. And when you look at that tight end position, there's just so many question marks of who can be an NFL pass catcher. And O'Shaughnessy is a solid option, but he has so many. He's always hurt. Uh, So how many games can you really depend on him to be available for you at? Man hurts is fine, but in his, what, six or seven years in the NFL, he's caught less than 20 passes. So, I, I, you know, I can't expect him to catch 20 passes this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, like Luke Farrell at Ohio State, he good run blocker, but he didn't catch a lot of passes in college. Can't imagine that's going to change now that he's in the NFL. Tyler Davis was a six-round pick from Georgia Tech. Like He didn't p- throw up crazy numbers in college again, didn't do much last year in the NFL. Can't imagine that's going to change too much. And then uh, who's the other guy? Ben Eifelson. He was undrafted. And hasn't done a whole lot besides blocking the NFL. So I mean, they, they I, you know, I really was hoping they were going to find a way to draft a guy with a little bit more pass catching clout, or maybe you know, maybe somebody gets cut in training camp, or, or but they've got to find a way to improve that position. So right now, Tebow's at least the wild card. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and plus they. 
I, I think they tried to address the tight end position, but New England scooped up, you know, the top two tight ends, you know, and, and, and so it looks like they're going back to their formula of, you know, what, what got them great. I mean, even with Njoku as well, um, you know, whatever they didn't see or maybe Cleveland was asking for too much within the free agent market. But uh, again, like you said, man, it he's only got to be a, a couple guys out for him to be that tight end. And I'm not thinking that it's going to be, you know, he's not going to definitely not going to be like a Travis Kelsey or anything else like that, you know, but he's there. If he could give you what O'Shaughnessy, I mean, part of what O'Shaughnessy gives you, I mean, you're in a better position than you were before. I mean, it, when you look at just looking at it, you need a receiving tight end that can give you something, anything on that mm-hmm. roster. To, and I mean, right now, O'Shaughnessy is the only guy that has any pass catching chops. So you just hope that Tebow can give you, if he can be half of O'Shaughnessy, that's great for your backup. Yeah. Um, and that's what they're, that's what they've got to hope for. Yeah. They were probably players on, they were players for those big tight ends, but ten, or new England paid for them. And I think urban and Trent being in their first year, didn't want to just blow up all the cap space that they had and just throw, throw all the cash to the wind. So they've kind of played it a little bit safer. And then come draft time, they said they stuck to their board and they didn't, have any of the guys rated high enough to grab them that were there. And outside of Kyle Pitts, I don't know, you know, Friermuth was okay, but you know, there wasn't anybody that at tight end that I'm like, I can't believe they passed on this guy. So just cause I like the, uh, the psychology, you know, pieces of this, you know, and asking you about Trevor and Gardner, like with Tebow and the, and the other guys on the field, when he comes out or since he's been on the team, is there any kind of weird vibe <laughs> around him when he's out there or is everybody pretty professional about it? Uh, you know, when what's funny is when they first had the rumors that Tebow was going to join the team and uh, be tight end, I remember seeing some tweets from a couple of the defensive guys saying stuff like, I could play tight end too. And then one, but since he's been signed, there hasn't been anything weird. There hasn't been, you know, anybody acting strange. The guys that have been asked about him have said that Tebow's fitting in well in the locker room. Um, and, you know, the, he, he's out there talking with the coaches and with the tight end group and with the other guys, just like any other player is. So he seems to be fitting in fine now that he's here. The deciding factor is going to be on, on when, when Cleveland comes to town on that first preseason game and Saturday night, you know, Jacksonville is going to be all hopped up. (laughs) And if Tebow, I'm telling you, man, if this dude catches like a five or 10 yard out route and runs someone over, it's going to be over. Like it is literally it. If he scores, don't let him score. God, don't let him. The bank will blow up at that point. <laughs> if he scores, my goodness. If he scores, you see, oh, my God. And that's what every Gator fan <laughs> hopes for, Jamal. No, that's what they I'm all – they're all bro. like, if, if he scores oh, in a preseason game, oh, man, it's going to change everything. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, this is not a Gator fan. This is literally just real – realizing he's got one of the highest selling jerseys in the NFL right now. If this guy scores in a preseason game, it's over with. You're never going to hear anything else, you know, about throw it to Tebow in the red zone, throw it to this jump pass. I'm just saying, man, he's a polarizing figure. If he scores, it would be unreal. And here, and check this, here's the low key part that a lot of people kind of missed on the Tebow sign is that this takes a lot of pressure off of Trevor for that first for those preseason games, because now all eyes are on Tebow. Can Tebow block that guy? And they're not saying, okay, well, Trevor was had 
three incompletions here. Everybody's going to be watching Tebow to see what, what he's doing. So that takes a lot of pressure off it. I I doubt that played into their decision to sign him or not, but it does take a lot of pressure off the team. Yeah. Speaking of the pressure and, you know, kind of all the attention that the team's getting both locally and nationally, and then we'll kind of wrap this up with you, Jamal, but there's been a lot of talk about uh, the Jags and HBO hard knocks, even though there's a rule that says first time coaches can't be on it. There's a lot of people petitioning for it. And I think the NFL would probably secretly really like that. Do you have any secret insight uh, behind the scenes from a media perspective as to that becoming a, uh, a thing that, that happens? Can you, can you will that for us? Cause that'd be awesome. I, I, I don't have any secret insight on that one. Um, I, in order for it to happen with the first year head coach, the team would have to volunteer for it. And if Urban and the team volunteer for it, I don't see them getting told no. <laughs> I mean, he was, he was on AEW <laughs> with all these little X's and O's. And that was cool. I like that. That was kind of cool, actually. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Oh, no, I, I, I don't think Urban's going to want to do that, hmm. though. I, I think I, Urban's been trying to show his face and do things like AEW and really kind of embrace different things that are going on around Jacksonville. But I think Hard Knocks might really push the 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 paranoid football coach side of him to say, "Oh no, there's going to be all these cameras in my locker room and in my meeting rooms and stuff. Teams are going to." I don't I don't think that's going to be up his alley. But if he if for whatever reason they thought they could, I, the NFL would jump at it with Tebow, Trevor Lawrence, and Urban Meyer. Oh, those ratings would be through and, the and roof. Really, <laughs> and, and and everybody would really jump on it if he had to cut Tebow on Hard Knocks. <laughs> that would be must yes. see. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my. You didn't think about that now. Oh, oh my God. Oh, if he had to cut Tebow on Hard Knocks on a Sunday? On a Sunday. On a Sunday? Wow, that, oh, that's the oh, crucial oh, factor, it's, actually. It's, that's horrible. It's, it's a possibility. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty bad. Um, well, it would be pretty cool. So if you do have any uh, sway, Jamal, and you happen to have Urban one-on-one, just, just put it out there that everybody wants to see it. So. <laughs> Not that I'm sure he's not seeing this everywhere and hearing all this anyway, because he seems to be pretty active on social media, unless he's just got a really good team that, that does a lot of that stuff. But no, he's actually really active with it. I've been surprised that he I didn't realize he was going to tweet as much as he has. Um, he he loves that stuff. And he's been uh, pretty active and making sure that he's visible and doing different things and supporting a lot of different uh local stuff and the things that the players have going on off the field. So he seems to be very active. I think that goes back to his college days where he had to recruit. So he kind of wanted to look active on social. That's probably yeah, what that is. That makes a lot of sense, actually. <laughs> well, we really appreciate you coming on. And, and I will say that you're an awesome follow on Twitter, especially being down at the OTAs and posting the video clips and everything like that. So if there are any Jags fans that, you know, for whatever reason are listening to us and not following you, which would make no sense. And uh, I'm sure you have, you know, bazillion more followers than we do. But, um, you know, if you're not following uh, Jamal, we certainly uh, recommend it on Twitter. You can follow him at uh, JST. C-Y-R-T-V, and we'll put that in the podcast description as well. Um, and you can also catch him covering the Jags for News for Jacks. Jamal, I appreciate it, and we appreciate it again, you coming on and spending this time with us. Um, any parting words, you know, heading uh, heading into the season? Hey, uh, you know, we'll see how things work out as they go through training camp. It's definitely going to be an exciting year. 
Um, I can, I, I'll, and I'll leave you with uh, there'll definitely be more than one win. How about that? Yes. Great. That's awesome. Very, very uh, optimistic. We'll hold you to that. Absolutely. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and put, I'm going to put my 2022 season take yeah. deposit yeah. down just, now. Just because of that. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You should work for the marketing team, actually. That'd be a good, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, good opportunity. Um, but no, we appreciate it. And uh, thanks again. And again, everybody listening, appreciate you guys taking your time to listen to the show. If you're on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a rating and review, preferably five stars. That'd be great. And we always love to hear your feedback as well. Um, you can catch us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, all other podcast uh, providers. And again, we are part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. So thanks again for listening, and we'll talk to you guys next time. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.